Well, hello and welcome back to Crucial Conversations. I'm your co-host Peter with my co-host buddy. I'm Kevin. I guess I'm your co-host. I'm Kevin? That's I, your name? Like, not just Kevin? I'm Kevin. All right. I'm Kevin. Cool. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Know. This is Crucial Conversations with Crucial Productions. And if you're looking for ways to support us, patreon.com slash crucial productions. And you can learn all about the Bible in five, our major project, which we talked a little bit about last week. Find out more there. If you want to support us directly, not through Patreon, go to crucialproductions.org slash give. Anything you can do is helpful to us, and we appreciate it a lot. So, Kevin, you look like you have a thought ruminating in your head. So if they give money to Crucial Productions, mm-hmm. is that really just buying you steak? No, I, w- I would like that. Yeah. But it will certainly not be used for steak. Right now, the first thing it will go to is gear so we can produce more awesome things. Like so better microphones, better microphones, uh, computer to edit and produce our videos and, you know, some software here and there. And, you know, it'll probably be a while before we're doing things other than that. We're not complaining. We're thankful for the things that we have. But oh, you yeah. have to realize that we are using broken down <laughs> pieces of gear from the early 90s. What right they now. don't know is this is the third time we've hit record. Right. Somewhat so. due to user error, somewhat due to. So that's what, if you, yeah. if you would give, that would simply help us uh, do a better job of communicating the gospel of Jesus Christ um, in this way, even physically, just yeah. you know, sound better and hopefully reach more people. Which is what we did last week. We yep. spent a lot of time talking about Jesus. We want to keep doing that. And this week, we are going to talk about how to read the Bible through the lens of Jesus, not in the same way we did last week, but actually reading the Bible. You know, like they're, they're, the book. The whole, the whole thing. Yeah, the book. Yeah. So here, here's, as Westerners, one of the things that we tend to do, if we're going to read a book, is we open it up at the beginning and just start reading it all the way through to the end. Well, some of you do. Okay, well, yeah. you, okay look, you can read Normal Hebrew, so you do. go backwards, yeah, backwards sometimes. sometimes. You know, that's how but, that works. But yeah, that's right. And so, you know, we're all familiar with these Bible reading plans that yeah. say you can read the whole Bible and a year or a month, you know, those mm-hmm. are really ambitious. That's holy cow. Yeah, that's fast. But <laughs> I but, did it in and, a week once for and they're a college great. credit. We're, we're not putting any of those down. Those are great. Yeah. We, we want people reading the Bible. This is God's word to us. It's the inspired word of God. Read it. Right? Yeah. Right. And that's kind of our point is last time we talked about reading the Bible and we said, do it every day. You and I do it every day the best we can. Um, this is something we really encourage everyone to do, but but sometimes the physical Bible itself can be a bit of a challenge, yeah. not just because it's big and heavy within pages that are hard to turn and read from, but also because the Bible itself is kind of a collection of books, and and the order in which they're put together might not always be the best way to attack the book, to open yeah. it and actually read it, because you might be led a little bit astray as far as chronology goes, meaning the sequence of, of events, um, and even the importance of certain books. Well, and here's the thing. We all bring baggage to Scripture. Real frankly, to anything we read. Anytime you pick up a book, but especially the Bible, with the intent of reading it, you are bringing a perspective to that. You are bringing a bias. You are bringing your own baggage, your own experiences. All these things come with you and inform how you read 
what you're reading, how you understand what you're reading. And so when we talk about reading scripture through the lens of Jesus, we are very intentionally trying to help you in the same way that we help ourselves, because this is, we have the exact same struggle, Kevin and I, <laughs> we, we have not mastered our own concupiscence. I got it in first again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's taking my words. I know. Um, and so when we come and we read scripture, where all of this comes with us and it makes it very difficult to actually read it through the lens of Jesus. And it's not just that, but as we're going to talk about today, even the order in which we read the books can influence what we actually understand from it. Yeah, that's, that's, um, it's kind of one of those things where we have God's word, right? And we all believe this is the word of God. It's inspired meaning the Holy Spirit moved the writers to write these words. Mm-hmm. It's inerrant, meaning there are no errors in it. Right. There's nothing wrong It's not in wrong it. in it's any way. It's not wrong. It always tells the truth. Um, but it is written down by people, and the Bible that you have in your hand was actually produced by humans. Right. It didn't come from the sky into your house. It was produced by a publishing house, with printers and editors and translators, and some people have study notes in the Bible, some people have maps in their Bible, some people have um, cross-references in the middle of their Bible. All these things are helpful. But none of those things are actually the text of Scripture. Mm-hmm. The only text, text of Scripture is actually the stuff in the book of Genesis, not the study notes, but the actual text that Moses wrote. Right. right, and in even the chapter numbers and the verse numbers, those are added later. Now, again, all and in of these some things cases, are helpful. The punctuation, yeah. I mean, it's it's that detail. And we don't want to get that far into it, but yeah, yeah even, we're gonna, okay. That's a whole nother even topic. the even the subtitles in your Bible. Yeah. You know, you'll you'll read. Wow, this is about that because the subtitle says it. Well, that's actually an editor's decision. Mm-hmm. Um. So so really, as you open your Bible, just nothing to be scared of. Just be aware that that the biblical text itself doesn't include the study notes and the subtitles and even the chapter numbers. Sometimes you're going to realize that if we were to read without the chapter numbers, the stories would make more sense. There are actually Bibles being published now that that do that yeah. intentionally. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of resources online where you can yeah. read a Bible without chapter breaks. And that those are very useful, helpful tools. Very good. Yeah. As are the study notes and, yeah. the, and the chapter numbers. Those are helpful. So yeah, too. we're not saying avoid them. Uh, Kevin and nope. I both like our Lutheran study Bibles, which yep. have great notes, great resources, but we can very quickly start reading those things as if they are scripture. And I know I can I can get into a good note and all of a sudden I'm reading the notes and forgetting to read scripture entirely because I'm just so drawn into the detail in the note. Like we're doing right now. We're talking about notes instead of the Bible. So let's yeah. get back to the Bible. <laughs> so here's, here's like what I we're kind of getting we're, at. We're not experts at this either. We're really becoming more and more convinced every day as we talk and as we study and as we, we go to chapel and we hear... God's word preached on Sunday mornings in our local congregations, you and I are both becoming convinced more and more every day that the scriptures are all about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And and one of the reasons we're convinced about that is because Jesus himself says so. Yeah. And I know you've got a verse. I do. That you've been... Well, you've last been, week we mentioned John. Right. John, John 5, 5. Jesus said it. Yep. So today I'm going to read Luke 24, 44, right. which is another verse where Jesus is talking to his disciples. And then he said to them, you know what? You're going to read it, Kevin. I'm going to read it because, <laughs> you know... I need reading glasses. Because 
Yeah, because the light That's in here the is only not reason. as good. Yeah. So here we go. Jesus said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you. Listen to this. That everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. Now, when Jesus was talking to the disciples, the scriptures at that time was what we would call the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. So he's saying that the entire Old Testament is all about him, and specifically his death and resurrection. Yep. And that's amazing. I think if we said that about the New Testament, people go, yeah, that kind of makes sense. The New Testament is about Jesus. Right. The Old Testament, however, is probably about something else. But Jesus himself says that the entire Old Testament is really about him. And he, so you might think as, as we're talking through, okay, well, based on Jesus's words, let's, let's read it in the order that Jesus says. Right. You got Moses and then the prophets, the prophets. and the Psalms and... yeah. Well, okay, that's that's the order Jesus referenced them. Let's let's read it in that order, which is basically from you know opening your Bible up at the beginning and reading through to the end, basically. But we're not going to talk about that, are we? No, because there's, there's a different way that we're going to suggest today. I think I think it's helpful for us, having heard the words of Jesus, to start with the focus, and then learn around that focus. Yeah, meaning. We're going to read about the actual death and resurrection of Jesus. And, and the best way to do that is to start with the Gospels. So instead of starting with the first book of the Bible in the Old Testament, we're going to start in the New Testament. Yep. And we're actually going to start not even at the beginning of the New Testament, <laughs> but we're going to start at the fourth book of the New Testament, which is the Gospel of John, which oddly enough, just like Genesis, starts with the words... In the beginning. In the beginning. Yeah. And I think that's an important thing is that John wants us to read his gospel as an explanation of God and his word. Mm -hmm. That when you read John's gospel, you are reading the actions of God in the person of Jesus. And the culmination of John's gospel is the death and resurrection of Jesus. The whole thing points to that. Yep. So as you read the Gospel of John, you're actually doing what Jesus said. You are learning to understand God from the perspective of Jesus' death and resurrection. That's what you're doing. And we talked about that a little bit last week and right. how John tells us that the entire Old Testament points to Jesus. So right. that's why we're starting with that book. So we're going to do that. And then after you read John, I would suggest you go back and read the other three Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Yep. In that order? No difference? It kind of depends on what you want to do. Okay. If you want to read them in a different way, you could read Mark and then Matthew Luke. Okay. But you could read them. It doesn't matter which order you read the three in. They're sure. pretty similar. But so, if you want to read Luke last, that's Luke, helpful because... Then you're going to read Acts next. Which is also written by Luke. Right. And it's the second it's, volume of his work. So yep. if you read John and then Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and then read Acts, that makes total sense. And that'll that'll flow re really well for you, especially from Luke to Acts. Mm -hmm. So that's a good way to do it. So we read John first, and then Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and then Acts. And then I would suggest you read Paul's epistles. And epistles is just the biblical word for letter. 
right? Mm-hmm. So Paul wrote a bunch of letters, 13 of them that we have in the New Testament, and they go from Romans to Philemon, and they are in order of... Longest to shortest. Yeah, it's that easy. Yep. So Romans is the first because it's the longest. Now in the back, you have this little collection of letters to individuals. So you have First and Second Timothy and Titus and Philemon, which also happen to be short ones. Um, so you read Paul's letters, and what Paul's going to do is he's going to help you understand the death and resurrection of Jesus, the entire Old Testament, and what does this mean for us. Mm-hmm. That's what he does. He's a Pharisee. He was trained as an Old Testament scholar, and he was converted by the action of God, by revelation of Christ on the way to Damascus. You'll read about that in Acts chapter 9. And when he did that, he actually had to rethink and reread everything he's ever known. Well, and Kevin, you and I were talking about this process that he went through involved three years in Arabia. It seems. So, or yeah. you know, timelines a little bit. Yeah. Not quite sure, but either way, it was time set apart being taught by Christ mm-hmm. how to read the Old Testament again. Right. Because he was reading it wrong. And the fun thing <laughs> is when you read Paul you'll actually see how he does this. Yeah. He, will, he will mention Old Testament passages and say the craziest things like the rock that accompanied Israel in the wilderness was Jesus. Which you you read that text, and there's no way to get that out of the text apart from Paul telling you, right? hey, this is Jesus. Yeah, and Paul is saying, I'm saying this is an apostle whose only reason in life to exist and to write and to teach is to tell people the truth of God in Christ. Mm-hmm. So so as you read Paul's letters, you've read the Gospels, you know the life of Jesus, you understand his death and resurrection. Now you're going to kind of get an explanation of all of that and what that means, what that means to us as sinners, mm-hmm. what that means to us now that we have been saved, right, through the faith that God gives us through hearing the word, receiving the sacraments, that's all in Paul. He's going to help us understand all of this stuff that Jesus did, all the stuff that God has done. And then what I suggest you do is you read, after you've read Paul's letters, right? So you've read Romans through Philemon. It's not that long, really. And it's it's in order. We're not suggesting any different order. So just just go right through your index there. It's good enough. It's easy. Then I would read, and this is where it gets a little weird, but stick with me, (laughs) read 1 Peter and 1 John. Just so, First Peter and then First John. Skip the seconds and the one third. Skip for, Hebrews. For skip Hebrews. Skip James, and just read First Peter and First John. Okay. Okay. Then, now you've read a lot of the New Testament. Yeah. Actually, you've read most of it. Yep. Okay. Now I would go back and read Genesis. Now I'd go back and start reading the Old Testament. Oh. And I would read. Genesis through Deuteronomy, the first five books of the Bible, which is also called the Torah. Or the Pentateuch. Or the Pentateuch, or in Jesus, the Law of Moses, Mm -hmm. right? The the books that Moses wrote, the first five books of the Bible. And these are the most important of the Old Testament books. Like, to anyone who's ever read the Old Testament, these are kind of the foundational books. Just like the Gospels kind of form the most important part of the New Testament, Yeah, the books of Moses are kind of the foundational documents of the Old Testament. So after you've read the Gospels and Paul's letters and 1 Peter and 1 John, then you go back and you read Moses. And you read, go ahead and read Genesis through Deuteronomy. 
the, do the, do your best. Mm-hmm. Now, now here's a little <laughs> caveat. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you get bogged down in the laws or in the building instructions, Leviticus and numbers can be hard to get through. It's okay to skim it. Yeah. It's okay. We're not saying anything, anything blasphemous. We're, we're not saying that it's not scripture and right. not edifying. It's very good. But it's also not edifying if you're falling asleep. Or you give up reading because you just got yeah. tired or scared. Or and, you, and you drop something. your reading plan entirely. Yeah. We don't want that either. So we'd rather you just skim if you have to to kind of keep going. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now after you've read the books of Moses, now no, hang on with me here. Go back to the New Testament. Ooh. And read Hebrews, James, First and Second Peter, First, Second, and Third John, and Jude. So all the rest that we skipped, plus you're going to read First Peter and First John. John again. Yeah, and they're short. It won't take that much. Yeah, time. it's it's pretty quick. It's easy. What do you think about reading Hebrews right after Leviticus? That's yeah. a that's a fun move to do sometimes because there's so many parallels between those two. Yeah, there, there's, it would actually be really good to read Hebrews as you're reading Genesis too. But but that's kind of the issue of all of these things that we're saying are kind of yeah. You can kind of always maybe say, well, we better do this over here. This over. It's, that's okay. It's just a general idea. Yeah. So, but Hebrews really does tie us into the books of Moses really well. Yeah. Um, now, what we haven't done is read Psalms yet, which is what Hebrews is going to make you want to do. And we're going to hold off on Revelation too. That's right. Revelation we haven't even mentioned yet. Yep. So, so be aware of that. We're not reading that yet. So now after you've gone back, you've read some more New Testament, now go back and read starting at Joshua. Okay, so you've read the books of Moses. Now read Joshua, Judges, Ruth. Okay, and that'll get you from the time they left Egypt, and, and that's in, the, in Deuteronomy, right? They get to the promised land. Now in Joshua, they're going to enter the promised land. Judges talks about how they lived in the promised land. And Ruth is going to transition us from the time of the judges to the time of the kings. Mm-hmm. Okay, then after Ruth, you're ready to read First and Second Samuel and First and Second Kings. Yep. Okay. Now, at the end of those books, you're ready to go into exile, <laughs> which is not good. Oh, joy. Yay. Wait a minute. So now what you want to do is you want to skip. Don't read First and Second Chronicles. Don't read Ezra. Don't read Nehemiah. Don't read Esther. Don't read Job and all those books. Skip to Isaiah hmm. and Jeremiah. Okay. Okay. Because those are the books that are going to help us get into the exile as well. Okay? Sure. Now, you've read two of the four major prophets, Isaiah and Jeremiah. Now what I want you to do is read all the minor prophets, the little books. Yep, they're all short. Except Malachi. Okay. I'm sensing a pattern here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> except Malachi. Leave that one alone. So read 11 of the 12 minor prophets. Okay? Now, go back and read Ezekiel and Daniel. Okay. Okay. Now you understand the exile. You're in the exile with with Israel. Now we got to get them out of exile. So what we're going to do is we're going to read Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther. Hmm. Okay. Now Esther's in a little weird because that's during the exilic period probably. But Ezra and Nehemiah... And it never are, really mentions God. It doesn't really mention God. Which is weird. So that's going to get us back into the promised land and rebuilding Jerusalem and that kind of stuff. Ezra and Nehemiah. Okay? 
then read Malachi. Have we done Psalms and Proverbs? No, we haven't done Psalms and Proverbs or Lamentations. Or Song of Solomon. Right, all those books. We haven't done all those. Okay. So after you read Malachi, now you've read the entire Bible except for Revelation and what's called the wisdom literature of the Old Testament. Okay. So now go back and read that. Read Job and Psalms and Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and the Song of Songs and Lamentations. Okay? Once you've done all that, then you can read Revelation. Well, at least we're leaving the last for the last. For the last. We, ha- we haven't completely changed everything. And one of the reasons I say <laughs> this is because I think what most people don't realize is that the book of Revelation is the most Old Testament heavy book of the New Testament. Yeah. Meaning if you don't understand the Old Testament, you have no shot at understanding what John is saying in Revelation. There is a sense in which the gospel of John itself has so much Old Testament in it Mm -hmm. that you can have that same difficulty. But Revelation, it's like, oh man, times a thousand. Revelation (laughs) is hard enough to understand if you understand the Old Testament. Yeah. So it really is helpful to read that after you've read everything else. Yep. Now, that's kind of a 66 books, a lot of reading. That's going to take you a while. Yep. If you read between two and four chapters every night, that's about a year and a half to get through the entire Bible. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot of reading. Indeed. And, And if that's something you want to do, go for it. We certainly encourage that. And if you want to take your time, that's fine too. And we if you want we to do tend longer, to read a, a chapter a night because yeah. it's a nice, simple pace to follow. So here's here's my other suggestion. If if you're not wanting to conquer the entire Bible right now, but you're just kind of wanting to read some of it. Yeah. Here's here's what I suggest. And and Peter, we've talked about this some more, so you're welcome to mm-hmm. add and subtract as you go too, because <laughs> you've you've been kind of working through this as well. I would still start with John. I think you either start with John or Mark. Those are your choices. Read Pretty one much. of the Gospels. Yep. Either John or Mark. Those are the two that are going to kind of get you into the Jesus story, really focus on the death and resurrection, really help you some, with some things. And then I would read, and this is where you have a choice, you would read either Romans, if you want the longer version, mm-hmm. or Galatians. Yeah. Okay? One of those two books of Paul would be the most beneficial. Obviously, if you want to read them both, that's great. Sure. Um, but I would read either Romans or Galatians as kind of your first entry into Paul, right? Yep. Now, the thing about Paul's writings that is really fun, just the way the Bible's laid out, just the physical reality of the Bible, is you got these four little letters in the middle of Paul's writings, right? You got Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. Right. None of them is longer than six chapters. Yep. Which means you can read each of them in a week if you read one chapter a night. Or even even less. I mean, if you're one of the things that Kevin, you and I both do is we listen to these on audio. Yeah. And I have found that if I'm listening to the Book of Romans on audio on my commute to work, in the morning I can get chapters one through seven and a half, sometimes mm-hmm. eight, depending on traffic. And on the way home, I get the rest of it. Yeah. And I can actually listen to the entire Book of Romans in one day. If I'm doing Galatians or Ephesians or those shorter books, I'm actually getting through two of them on my way to work. Yeah, isn't that great? And then two on the way or more on the way home, depending on how it goes. And, and I can I can tell you that not that we're into testimonies as as Lutherans, but but just just one thing that when I was in high school, I was doing this. 
I was reading scripture every I mean, I read it like crazy. I just loved it. Hmm. And what I was always amazed at is the next day at school or talking to my buddies after school or whatever, it was amazing how many things were brought up that I was like, I just read that last night. Yeah. That's in Ephesians. <laughs> and they would look at me like I'm from Mars, but it was amazing how just getting the scripture in your head, it really does help you see life in the perspective of God's word of who God is and what he's done. And all of a sudden you realize, wait a minute, this is really in my mind and mm-hmm. this is guiding the way I interpret my life. That happened to me on Sunday. We're sitting there in Bible study talking about the fourth commandment on your father and your mother. And it was brought up that it was the only command with a promise. And, yeah. uh, and I had, somebody had said, well, you know, what's the deal with that? And I was like, well, we you know it's the promise is serious because Paul references it in Ephesians. And it was one of those, oh, I knew that it was Paul, and I actually knew that it was Ephesians. Then yeah. I had to go dig. I couldn't remember right. what chapter, it. but I went and found it. I was like, there it is. It was great. And it's it's not a prideful thing, like, I know my Bible better than you. Right. It's just, it's just the the blessing of of learning to see life from God's perspective. And and it, was the, it wasn't a, a pride of, wow, look, I was able to find it. It was the person next to me needed to yeah. hear that scripture, and I was able to share it. Yeah, and, and that one was of the things wonderful. That's, what's really popular in our world right now is apologetics. And and that's 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 a good thing as we think about how do we talk about our faith with our neighbors, right? Mm-hmm. And I I still think this is the best apologetic. Yeah. To just be in the word of God. And when people talk to you, not that you're quoting chapter and verse to show off, but you just say, "You know what? This is what God has to say about that." Yeah. This is why I believe what I believe because it says it. Because Jesus died and rose, and that is the most important thing. And Paul talks about it, and Peter talks about it, and John talks about it, and Moses talks about it, right? Mm-hmm. So we're still stuck in our reading plan. We've, we've read a gospel. We've read <laughs> one or two of Paul's letters. Now we're going to jump back to Genesis, right? Now we're going back to Genesis. Yeah. And, and I, Gen- Genesis and Exodus, you, you want to read those. And then after that, you know, if we're trying to do the fast version, we're a little more free there, right? Yeah, I would I would actually suggest don't read all of Exodus. And I know that's gonna cause some people to freak out, but it's it's the but first read, read Exodus one through thirty-four, something like that. Yeah. Around there. Then you get into kind of the the carpentry section of the Bible, which usually <laughs> loses people for a bit. And that's and that's fine. Read through some of the tabernacle stuff. I like that's to, good. Is, is it is one of the headings carpentry? It is in my Bible. And when yeah. carpentry is invented yeah, or something. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of those editorial um, decisions. But if you read Exodus one through thirty-four, you'll you'll read a real good story about how God saves his people. Mm-hmm. And and that is the Exodus is the Christ event. Of the Old Testament. It, it would be worth your time as you're reading through Exodus, though that portion of Exodus, to just note how many times God says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. Yeah. I am going to save you from Egypt. I am going to bring you out. And just how many times, because my wife and I, we're in Exodus right now, and that's what we're beginning to notice mm-hmm. in the first 12, 13 chapters that we've gone through is how many times... God is promising, I'm going to save you, I'm going to save you. Yeah. Now I'm doing it. Right. And how he keeps reminding his people, because that's really the gospel yeah. of the Old Testament. Well, who? why should I listen to you? Because I'm, I'm the God who saved you. I brought you out of Egypt. Oh, well, okay. That's that's some yeah, good. That's a good reason. <laughs> that's a good reason to listen to you. And and that's amazing, is, is when you read the Old Testament and you understand that the whole scriptures is about... God's definitive action to save mankind. Mm-hmm. You see it everywhere. 
Yeah. Well, who are you? I'm the God of Abraham. What do you mean? Well, I made promises to him and I kept them. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm the God who rescued you out of Egypt. What do you mean? Well, I'm the God who said I was going to save you and I did. Listen to me. I'll keep doing it. And and pretty soon you see, well, well, who's this Jesus guy? He's the one who was promised mm-hmm. and who did it. And now... And that salvation is complete. It's done. In him. It's, it's done. Finished. And yep. and it's for everybody. And and this the Bible just keeps getting richer and richer as you read it, because you keep seeing that this God that I conceive of is so much smaller than the grace of the God who is revealed in Christ. Mm-hmm. And his grace is just so much bigger than anything I could ever conceive of. And just when I think I've got him licked, huh, <laughs> I read something that just makes makes my head spin and I think I have no idea but every time I turn to God you know what I find? I find grace Mm -hmm. and love and mercy even in the midst of the law and the condemnation of my sin I see a God who's driving me to the cross because he wants to save me and so this is actually why we're recommending this order of reading. Now, it's not because if you start in Genesis and read all the way through to Revelation, you are going to end up being a heretic. That's not what we're saying. But what we are saying is that it can be harder to see that all of Scripture is about Christ when you start that way. Because here's the thing, you start in Genesis. Genesis 1, God creates everything. Genesis 2, it's wonderful. There's more creation. Here's God walking in the garden with with Adam and Eve, which John tells us is Jesus. That's Jesus. Ooh. But you don't get that because you haven't read John yet. You, right. It's it's God. And then there's this fall. And then the rest of scripture, as you keep reading, kind of gets this feel, if you're not very careful, of God trying to fix this mistake. Yeah. Where where you if you're just reading chronologically from Genesis all the way through, it's a series of man screwing up. God trying to fix it. Man screwing up, God trying to fix it. And And some theological systems refer to this as dispensations. Well, and not only God trying to fix it, but God failing to fix it. Yeah. Well, that didn't work. Let me try this way. really scary. (laughs) Yeah. And and I think one of the things that that I I like to say, and usually when I say things over and over, it's because I'm trying to learn it myself. But one of the things that I like to say is that we, we never want to try to judge God by our circumstances. Yeah. We never want to evaluate God based on our circumstances. Scriptures teach us to learn to see our circumstances in light of who God is. Yeah. And the promises he's made and right. who he and is. kept. Yep. And and I think this is the point of how we're, we're talking about reading scripture is when we all have a tendency of seeing mankind as a focus of scripture. And then seeing it God is kind of like it, that at the it, beginning. It, it kind of does. It's like, oh, here's man, and it was very good. And then we mess it all up. Yeah, this and very good thing messed up. God kind of tries to fix it and doesn't do a good job of it, and we has we to kill everybody to, and it's, in a it's flood. Just not good. It's not good. But but when you when you turn it and you say, you know what, the scriptures are actually the narrative of God making promises, keeping His promises, and saving mankind. Mm-hmm. And then you learn to understand all this world through the lens of the definitive action of God to save mankind in Christ. Yeah. And that's the kingdom of God. Amen. Yeah.
really. <laughs> so so we kind of left you hanging. So you've read a gospel, you've read some of Paul's letters, you've read Genesis and part of Exodus. You know, everyone loves the Psalms. Mm-hmm. And, and I do think the Psalms are a good thing to read, but here's what I would do, just in general. I would sprinkle the Psalms in while you're reading. Hmm. So maybe... You know, you've read a lot of Genesis, you get a little tired, it's 50 chapters long. Maybe one night or two nights, read a couple Psalms. Read Psalm 1 and 2 and see, you know. So the Psalms are always there as kind of your book to read if you're out of lunch break at work, if you've got a couple minutes to to just open your scriptures wherever you are. The Psalms are always a short, except for 119. <laughs> except for, <laughs> but they're, they're usually a short thing you can read. And even 119, they're divided in sections for you. Yeah, it's like it has its own chapters yeah. within the chapter. But but the Psalms are kind of your constant companion in this. Read them, like yeah. every day. They're just great. Yeah. And and uh, they're, they have a great variety in them. Some are the, are the classics. You know, you can almost sing them or recite them in your head from mm-hmm. King James. But there's some in there that might surprise you. But one thing we're wanting to say is that all these books, no matter how, what order you read them in, they're about Jesus. Yeah. And that's good news. Yeah, every single one of them. And that's... We, so here's the thing. We're, we're, we mentioned this project, The Bible in Five. That's actually what we want to do with that project. We've given you a lightning overview, yeah. which is really more of just an order of reading with very little detail. Mm-hmm. But we actually really want to flesh this out for you. So we spend time going through each book of the Bible with you, for you, to help you read it, understand it, and see it through the lens of Jesus. So if that interests you, the Bible in five is is where we're going to be doing that. Every single book of the Bible, we'll have a podcast episode on every book of the Bible too, where we'll actually dig deep. Because that's like, we haven't d- talked about Job at all. And there is some no. deep, wonderful theology in Job, some wonderful, well, gospel when you can actually get to it i mean it's pretty amazing but so the bible in five what does five mean Ooh, good question five minutes each book of the bible one video five minutes or less going through that book teaching you how to read it through the lens of jesus how is this book about jesus here it is in five minutes the whole book and, and the reason I'd want to learn to read the whole book of the Bible in five minutes is... Well, five minutes is a good time limit of... It's, it's enough information that you can remember most of it mm-hmm. without being fully overwhelmed. It's not that we're actually going to be able to fit every possible important detail in those five minutes. The point is, you can remember most things that are five minutes or less. Mm-hmm. And so we, we give you this outline, we give you this structure, how it points to Christ... And you can remember it a lot easier and pass it on. If you're a father like I am, I got kids in my house that I'm trying to teach. It gives me a good, you know, overview of it that I can remember and then teach my kids, work through it with my wife. If you're a pastor starting a Bible study, this is a fantastic video to kick off the Bible study and then go from there. Give your people something to start with. Okay, here's here's the outline. Here's everything really quick. And spend the next three months digging deep. <laughs> kind of sounds like the whole point of Crucial Productions. Indeed. That is the point of what we're doing. That's, that's why this is our flagship series. The that's Bible right. in Five is like the main thing that we want to do. And Kevin, even what you and I are doing here is really supplemental to that. Right. This is not the main thing that is. So if you could sum up Crucial Productions in one sentence, what would it be? 
teaching you Christianity so you can pass it on. Thanks a lot for listening. See you next time. Bye. Thank you.